This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez. I am your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I give you the libertarian perspective on the news of the week. And I don't normally, wouldn't normally talk about something that, uh, a tragedy like the German Wings air crash. I don't think, I don't like the idea that uh, things that are sensationalistic get the front pages of the newspaper that they dominate the 24 7 cycle i don't like giving attention if this guy crashed the plane on purpose and killed all those people i think it's awful that these guys get their names in lights forever i don't like that and i don't like to give it uh the time and attention but in this case i am troubled because i feel like there are many unanswered questions and that there has been a rush to judgment on this story and that we don't know the answer and we deserve an investigation i think People hate to hear this. I don't know why it makes people uncomfortable, but as a libertarian, and if you're a libertarian, even that might make you uncomfortable, I think you have to presume that somebody is innocent of wrongdoing until you can actually prove that he did that he did do something wrong. I mean, this guy, we haven't heard from his parents, this guy, Andreas Lubitz, who is the co-pilot who supposedly crashed this plane on purpose. We have not heard from his parents at all. They were under questioning and they have not been heard from, nor his fiance, who uh, he was going out with her for six years. They lived together. They're supposed to get married next year. One story says they broke up the day before, but it doesn't it doesn't say how they know that this girl has not been heard from. So we don't really know what uh, if this guy is guilty or not. But more important, we don't know for sure what happened. People have been calling saying there are other possible explanations. And if there are, if there's a possibility of the autopilot getting hacked or if there's something wrong with the plane, the powers that be are not going to want us to know that. And in my mind, they work for us. They should be investigating on our behalf. We should know the risks that we're taking. So my question to you, is do you think there's any chance this guy didn't do it? Are you 100% confident that what you're hearing from the mainstream media, from official sources, is true? Is it is it wrong to even question these kind of stories? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think that you have to question these stories. I have I have no faith anymore in the mainstream media or what they call official sources. I simply don't. And I think a lot of people see that when it comes to politics how the difference between the way, the way Democrats are reported and Republicans are reported, you can see it very clearly there. But when it comes to stuff like this, which feels like science, which feels like facts, you think maybe, how could they fake it? Why would they fake it? But there are some reasons to suspect that they're not always on our side. And I wonder if you agree. 404 or disagree. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to David in Duluth. David, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, this is David. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I really love your show. It's a good get a little libertarian in a conservative talk show. Thank you. I like to give it, but stuff like this, it's it's hard to understand the libertarian angle, but a lot of times it's simply this idea that you can't compromise on your principles, like innocent until proven guilty or don't trust the government. Um, but that wasn't your point, right, David? What you got? No, no, actually, I've done a lot of international travel, 
And I've noticed the airline I travel with, which being a Georgia boy is uh, Delta, that when the pilot leaves the cockpit, one of the flight attendants actually go in and sit with the co-pilot. So you're flying first class, David. <laughs> Good for you. Well, first class or, you know, I'll see in the very close yeah. to the bulkhead. Yeah, no, but I just, I'm just kidding around, but I, it's I'm, true. I, and I yeah. try to be extremely observant. And yes. I noticed that, and I'm, I'm thinking that, all right, let's say whether or not this is conspiracy or whatever, but if we're looking for a solution, that should be a matter of fact, something done, because then you would pick something up on the audio. That's exactly what they're looking at. America, apparently the United States has that as a rule. But Europe didn't, and now they are. They are. But to me, I, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with that. But these black swan events, this one in a trillion chance that this guy would do this thing, does generate a flurry of new regulations. But you can't. There is always inherent risk in every human endeavor, and that is that I think is a libertarian principle too. That you cannot actually rectify everything. But it looks to me like you point out this is a fix that would have worked that we've already implemented for probably a variety of reasons, including studies and everything else. And well, there's a lot of common sense that you need to put into these kind of problems. Now, also working in the uh, abiotics industry, I don't buy that. Uh, you can hack into an aircraft. And like I didn't buy the Y2K scare. I think that that is more media folly than in reality. Well, have you heard this? I read. I read a cut in a couple of different places. Maybe it's just complete fabrication. But that Boeing announced in 2006 that its 777s had an uninterruptible autopilot system. The quote, unbelievably, is. Uh, here's my quote on this. This uninterruptible autopilot would be activated either by pilots, by onboard sensors, or even remotely via radio or satellite links by government agencies like the CIA if terrorists attempted to gain control of a flight deck. It's called the Boeing Honeywell Uninterruptible Autopilot System. Are you saying you don't think that exists? Well, no, I think that there are problems in the system that exists. You take the uh, Air, the Air France flight from Rio de Janeiro to Paris, where the Airbus lost all of its sensors doing getting super pure water into it that froze, had no air indicators, and the pilots had no control of the aircraft and crashed. This was a great PBS special that was on uh, about a year ago, right about the time the Malaysian flight went down took them four years to find the aircraft, yeah. and they determined that it was due to the sensors in the aircraft not being uh, directing the aircraft, and the pilots had no control. That I do believe in. That's, that's yeah. engineering error. Okay, but this thing does say that hacking that the Boeing system... Or it doesn't say that hacking the Boeing system is possible. It says that it has a backdoor for the CIA to use. It doesn't say that it's possible. But there was a lot of backlash. They were kind of outed on this technology. I don't think they wanted to reveal it. But they were. Uh, there was a lot of backlash because pilots don't want to fly a plane like that. And imagine that. Think about that. You get in your car and you know somebody could take it over, but you're in the plane. The, uh, another pilot's blog I was reading 
was that your number one guarantee of safety is that the pilot is on the plane with you and he's in control of the plane and he knows how to fly it and he wants you to be safe because he wants to be safe. When it starts being someone who can control a plane who's not on the plane, that brings up a whole new level of danger that scares people, which is why they don't advertise this technology. But I have not read anywhere that Airbus uses this technology and this was an Airbus plane. I'm going to Marianne in Gainesville. Hi, Marianne. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Hey, I just want to say uh, three facts maybe that you might want to know. I fly the Airbus a lot. I'm a flight attendant 35 years. And um, the idea of the, um, the outdoor entry of the keypad, it is really designed for pilot in- incapacitation. Yes, I saw the video. And mm-hmm. um, if the pilot inside the cockpit, they have the ability to disable the keypad outside. They can just switch to the lock, the lock position. You can push those keys until the cows come home and you cannot get in. And they do that what? By putting that toggle in the lock position? There's some kind of a toggle. And as a flight attendant, if I were inside the cockpit, like we're talking about, which I would be in the United States, um, as a flight attendant, I know that that toggle is somewhere up there and I maybe could find it. Yeah, I watched. It's between the two pilots or overhead. Those are the only places it can be. But doesn't it... Let me ask you, isn't this, isn't the purpose of that to keep, uh, uh, it's for hijacking security? So if if there's a hijacker inside the cockpit, you guys want to be able to get in. And so the hijacker could override it too. It's the opposite. If we thought that the pilot had had a heart attack, or right. We okay. are on the ground and we need to get out of the airplane. We have window exits to get out of through the cockpit. And if the pilots are incapacitated, we need to go in. Yeah. I mean, any kind of disturbance on the airplane, the cockpit goes on lockdown, which means I can not yes. going in that cockpit because it's to prevent against someone overtaking the cockpit. Yeah. Okay. So, so the trade-off is so that the people from the outside can't get in. It's not so that if there's somebody bad inside the cockpit, you can't. Uh, like, well, was this case? Somebody bad supposedly was inside the cockpit, and you and the guys outside wanted to get in. Uh, and then, so it's that these things are all trade-offs. I mean, the regulations are trade-offs. Having somebody in the cockpit, which sounds like uh, everybody agrees is the right idea. Uh, is the good idea, but it seems to me. But the, I, I predict a whole raft of regulations that are not on point are going to come down. But Jerry, I think, wants to follow on to your point, Marianne. Jerry, uh, you're on with Monica. This is Jerry Noonan. I'm a mechanic for uh, the airlines for 30-plus years. And I'll just add this to it, that there is a mechanical position that has to be turned from the inside of the cockpit that will keep everybody out. So there is a way for from inside right. the cockpit you can lock it where nobody can get in. And, okay. Uh, I know I, that to be a fact. Uh, I accept that. I accept that. My my Another thing that I think, though, um, might be a question we have to answer about what happened there is when the pilot, the captain was trying to batten down this door. At one point, supposedly had an axe, was trying to axe it. I don't know where they keep the axe, but I've never seen it, but I'm sure if they say it, then it's there. But uh, 
while that was happening, this guy isn't even breathing heavy. He's not doing anything. He doesn't change the autopilot to manual, to crash the plane, to throw the pilot back, to make sure it happens. He's just breathing normally, which is virtually impossible to do under that kind of stressful situation. So now I'm thinking that there's a chance. Of course, the investigation should bear this out. Maybe the flight data recorder would indicate whether that lock switch was thrown. We'll never see that. The flight data recorder is missing. Maybe the guy was unconscious. Maybe the guy was unconscious, in which case he would not be able to manually override the unlock sequence. But these are all the questions I would like an investigation to answer. I agree that we that I want to vet these questions now because I get tired of the avalanche of uh, mainstream media um, memes and factoids that come out that when you dig in don't have a lot of support. But these questions need to be answered, and we can't be sure we know what went on there until they are answered. So what else you got? Give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB talking about what has been in the news all week. Headlines, German wings, air crash in France, uh, total tragedy. And it's being uh, everybody is reporting it. I should say the authorities are reporting it. And of course, the mainstream media picks that up that the co-pilot pla- crashed the plane on purpose. And I think that there that the investigation should proceed before we make any definitive conclusions and certainly before we instigate a whole raft of surveillance laws and monitoring or taking pilots out of cockpits, like whatever it is that is on tap after this should wait until the investigation. But I want to know what you think, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Alan in Atlanta. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. I think they ought to just put cameras in there. The plane, get, plane gets in an emergency. Maybe they're in there. Uplinks up to the FAA or closest tower automatically broadcast exactly what's going on in the cabin of the passengers. As for uh, privacy, well, you already got to go through the tr- in, NTSB, so there is no privacy. So, you know, it's, it's a big bus to fly. Why not put cameras on it? Well, I'll tell you, if there were cameras on it, it, we do not have live streaming data from the planes to the ground, so you would need the flight data recorder, recorder and it's missing. Did you read that? Well, the, it's well, missing. You know, you have, you have iPhones that can pick up and do say, just put a couple of iPhones on there. I mean, or call the people that make iPhone and have them design a system for the plane that will do it. Yeah, I, I mean, it would have to be satellite never up going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it'll probably happen. It, it will probably actually happen, but it probably won't uh, be something that we have access to or know about or whatever. There's probably cameras in there already. There's probably, I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but it's possible there were cameras in there already, and we just would never know the answer because that's not something we have access to. Well, you know, it would embarrass pilots. They might catch a couple of sleeping, you know, while they were flying or doing things they weren't supposed to do. So you'll have the union and pilots union say, oh, no, we don't want cameras in there for that reason or whatever hey it's public safety put cameras in there and i mean if you have to call nasa they can figure something out here for us i'm sure this this problem could be solved (laughs) i do think that they could solve the problem but i was i was on a boat i think it was a triple seven it was a huge plane 
when they first, it was like maybe the maiden voyage and the pilots on gigantic Lufthansa plane years ago. I think maybe it was my honeymoon or something. But I, there were these young pilots sitting there and they were literally doing nothing. I mean, just completely kicked back. And I remember saying, uh, you think, I think you should be, you know, I, are, are, uh, I'm surprised you're not doing anything. I mean, isn't there stuff to do? And he said, if you see us doing something, there's trouble. So watch out. So, yeah, they probably do kick back a little bit. But that plane was just amazing. Now they don't leave the cockpit door open like they used to, obviously. So you don't get that interaction. But I remember thinking that the guys were so young and it was like looking like a a board op at a concert, all the buttons and stuff that these guys are pushing. But this isn't that kind of a plane. It, pro- it doesn't have that high-tech uplink stuff. And I think that it, there was a push, though, for this live streaming data uh, as a result of this crash. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Trying to give you the Libertarian perspective on the news of the week. And very sadly, I find this very upsetting. One, because it's so tragic. And also because it scares me a little bit. This uh, German Airlines flight crash. It seems to me that, I mean, I think there's been like five at least jetliners crash over the past 12 months the first one was mh370 that i recall and i talked a lot about that when it first came out and and at that time people still think of the mh370 the malaysian airlines flight 370 as a mystery but at that time there were a lot of details that you could weave together to a narrative that made complete sense one is that there were people who heard and saw an explosion right when the plane uh, blinked out over the South China Sea. And there were several explanations for what might have happened. It had a cargo of lithium batteries that can blow a plane up. There was a Malaysian jet fighter in the area. There was U.S. Navy doing um, exercises in the area. Who knows what happened? But the official investigation immediately took a very weird turn in saying it kept flying for hours and hours And if you dug into that, there really was no evidence. And I'm only, I'm not going to open that can of worms, but at that time, I said right away, they will never find that plane in the Indian Ocean because that's not, there was no, if you dug in, there was no reason to think it was over there. And they never did find it there. And I remember my mom for weeks was like, oh, some lady saw it flying, you know, in the middle of the night and they found pieces of it in the Indian Ocean. And she was, she had just upset her that the that there could be so much spin in the media but the fact was that thing they really never concluded what happened to it and that was kind of the beginning of this whole 12 months of these plane crashes that are beginning to make me a little bit nervous whatever the real story is i don't think these things aren't going down so maybe maybe it's just it's still just a fluke and there is nothing to worry about 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let me know what you think. I'm going to Bob in Atlanta. Hi, Bob. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Hey, good. Um, You know, you talk about the guy breathing normally and all that sort of thing. I think that's weird. Well, let's play devil's advocate for a second. Let's say, okay, this guy did do it. Okay, he did what what everybody is speculating may have happened. 
um, if if he did do something and and he was looking, you know, in in a suicidal sort of mindset and all that sort of thing, I think it's entirely possible that he could have set that and just sat back and just kind of entered that state of calm. Well, here, Bob, this is you how. Know what I mean? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. I just don't get that feeling, and it's this. For I've known it's super sad, and I don't like to talk about it, but I have known three people who killed themselves, young people. One, uh, a teenager in my family, and a uh, 24-year-old, my niece, and um, a very close friend of the family's in his 20s. Mm-hmm. These people were known to be suicidal. They had made previous attempts for this guy to be and and for this guy to have that level of psychosis that he was totally comfortable with this to the point where he could control it that much i do not think that is something that he could have hidden from his family now his family is in custody apparently or his parents have been talking to investigators they have not made a statement his fiance of 6 years has not made a statement <clears throat> I just find it very, but the people who have named people who have talked about him, this just, this is too shocking for them. So I just feel like that kind of a mindset would be reflected in a very different kind of person than someone who could just function normally. Well, I don't know, because I, I actually, <clears throat> excuse me, like you, I lost, I lost five friends in one summer um, to suicide. And one of them, he just, you know, we were, he was asking all sorts of questions. You know, he, he wanted to learn how to go to the gun range and he wanted to all the, you know, he just, and when it happened, he ended up shooting himself with the gun that we taught him how to use. You lost five friends in one summer to suicide. Yeah, it was a bad How summer. is that possible? <laughs> it was a very bad summer. Yeah. Five. And and you and some of those people had shown absolutely no signs of suicidal tendencies in their past. Two of them, I mean, they were all a surprise. Two of them, you know, we were like, well, yeah, okay, if we'd have seen this or seen that. But uh, the one that, that sticks out in my mind was the one that you know we were teaching how to you know shoot and all that stuff, and he was just we were with him every day. And yeah, I mean, I sudden, do. I somebody found him. I recognize that unusual things happen, black swan events, stuff like that. But that's what I find to be very strange about this case that that all the evidence that suggests that this guy, all the reports that suggest that this guy had mental illness, that he was suffering from depression, that he had a doctor's note. If you pull it apart, you see that there's that all of that comes from anonymous sources. People didn't really know him. If you actually look at the facts about the illness, the hospital he went to says they were not treating him for depression. The note they found, the doctor's note and the garbage did not have a diagnosis on it. They're not allowed to. Apparently, these notes are very common. They're for minor things. It's like when I go to my pediatrician for my kids, they always give me a note for the school, whether I want it or need it or not, whether I'm keeping the kid home or not. They just give it to you so you have an excuse if you need it. Uh, and then the, the, you're not, the story from the girlfriend, supposed girlfriend, I was reading about this in the English newspaper, The Telegraph. This gal, Marie, said she dated him for five months last year, and he woke up like screaming or whatever and said he was going to let people remember him. But that contradicts the story of his actual girlfriend, who, whose real last name was used, 
Although her first name wasn't used, we haven't heard from her, who supposedly he went out with for six years, he lived with, he was going to marry next year. There was a story, they broke up the day before. I don't know if that's true or not. But these things don't jive. And what you want to do is hear from friends, hear from people who know before we think we know the answer. That's all I'm saying is that people will call and defend the official story, but there are just a lot of holes in it. And I think that's a, a symptom of how... You know, something that also bothers me of how completely in control we are by the media, this information age, you think it gives you more truth. But it, it worries me about this constant surveillance, about the fact that they save all our ta- all our emails, all our voicemails. They can piece together any image of you using um, you know vague innuendo or getting enough uh, media, social media uh, in the four, or they can just piece together things out of context and paint a picture of you. And if your parents aren't going to come up and talk on your behalf or your girlfriend or whatever, if those people are kept in the background for a while, an image of you can be painted that could destroy you. I mean, this guy's dead and maybe he's guilty, but the idea that we are jumping to these or that we have accepted these judgments based on the power of the media and information that is that is actually the most alarming thing about this story. One eight hundred WSB Talk four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty are numbers. Uh, I am going to go to Larry in Peachtree City. Hi, Larry. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Hey, I just wanted to address not Bob's call, but the caller before Bob. Um, yep. One of the things he talked about was we need a camera in the cockpit. Yeah, Alan. Yep. Alan. Okay. And the idea of the camera in the cockpit, he justified it by uh, public safety. Well, I got thinking as I heard that comment, we should have cameras in every private automobile on this road here in the U.S. because I worry about texters texting while driving. And that's public safety. I'm doing everything right, but I could be killed because someone is irresponsible. Yeah, that's a great idea. I have actually, I mean, no, I don't mean that's a great idea. I mean, that's a great point. Uh, I've actually thought about that when I, I thought they could, when I look up, every time I'm doing anything in the car, I look up, I can almost always see a camera, and especially at an intersection. You could, they could stop you from, or flag you for every single solitary little infraction. Is that the kind of world you want to live in? No. And, and what I want to address, and by the way, as I listen to Bob, you've brought up a dozen things to talk about, but, you know, we don't want to be afraid. We want to believe that people are going to do the right thing. And everyone, no matter what their job, is going to do their best job and going to do the right thing. They're not going to work to harm you or steal from you. And, and we don't want to be afraid. Are you a libertarian, Larry? Hmm, I hate labels. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I only asked that question. I was not trying to pigeonhole you. But there seems to me a fundamental, I've talked about this before, that libertarians, and it was actually the position of our founders, of traditional conservatives, I read that it was something that was the state of mind before the world wars, that basically human nature was good and that society brought out the best in people, we cooperated, we worked towards the good, and then a mindset changed and ushered in this progressive era, this central control era where people are actually bad and they need to be controlled all the time. That is not my observation. I would say a tiny minority of people People are really a threat to the rest of society. Monica, I agree with what you just said. My position is this. 
um, I, I, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt until they prove otherwise. And so, when, in the case of this pilot who, uh, well, we don't know. We don't know. Say, the, NTC, the NTSB is doing their job. But as we are investigating this, now let's jump to a conclusion. Let's pretend he did commit suicide. Let's pretend he, in doing so, took 149 others with right. him. This is so tragic. But yeah. what could we have learned ahead of time? Is there anything we could learn ahead of time to have prevented this? By the way, in the military, we got many soldiers coming home committing suicide, but there are programs in the military to help alert supervisors and colleagues to identify warning signs to maybe save that individual. And, and maybe if there's warning signs that we could see and read to stop this person from getting back in that, in this case, the cockpit. But behind a big, I, I like to say, anytime I see a cement truck on the road, I, <laughs> my antenna go up because that is the worst thing I could run into. Yeah, me too. I get out from behind trucks like that. Yes. So, you know, what if a guy's driving a cement truck? Yeah. And so what do we, what can we do? We can start paying attention to our friends, our neighbors, and and try to pick up these warning signs, but we got to be educated on that. I and, think uh, we do. I think that we do do that. And this, if is if his doctor, and I don't want to be like, oh, watch and tell or surveil everybody, but this, the doctors in Germany were permitted to tell the employer or the police if they thought this guy was a danger. I, I think that the fail-safes are in place. That's another reason I'm not totally convinced about this. I'm not sure a guy like that could come off so completely differently from what he'd have to be to make this happen. But there's uh, lots more calls. I'm going to get to Eric right after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB talking about the German Wings air tragedy and... Uh, I'm going to go to Eric and Suwani. Hi, Eric. You're on with Monica. Hi. Thanks for talking to me today. I just wanted to bring up the uh, some of the discussion you had about fly-by-wire and taking the uh, pilots out of the cockpit. And I just wanted to ask if anybody could ever dispute whether those systems could have done what uh, Chesley Sullenberger did when in the Miracle on the Hudson did a few years ago. Yep, Sully, that experienced pilot who saved all those people, cool as a cucumber. Excuse right? Me? The guy, Sully, they yeah. call him Sully. Yeah, and the, and there are a lot of things came out of that, like the value of experienced pilots. Right. And uh, that's a great point, because I personally would, I, I loved this this line I read in one of the articles that you don't want to be in a plane without a pilot because the pilot, and you don't want a plane that can override the pilot because the pilot's interests are 100% aligned with yours. It, it, in the rare case, I imagine that it's suicide, but I, I do, I have a call coming up that there have been other pilot suicides and I have every single one of those listed out and it's not crystal clear that these things are, um, uh, they certainly don't look like what we have here. And in the vast majority of the cases, 99.99999% of the time, you're going to want the pilot to be in control of the plane and with you on the plane. I often get uh, consolation from the fact, if I get a little bit nervous of flying, 
I see these stewardesses who have have had as a career 20 years flying in the planes. They always show up for work. They don't seem nervous. And of course, uh, they have good reason to not be nervous about it. And that makes me happy. So, yeah, I would say keep the pilots in the cockpit. And I'm okay with the rule of having two two people in the cockpit at all times. 404 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. 